All right, it's the Keith to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees lose again, or rather they are losing, but I'm not waiting for this one to end to record, and I know that stinks because I really want to watch uh, what's become my favorite TV show, and that is the Aaron Boone post-game press conference every night to see what lies the Yankee manager will tell each night. Um, on Friday night, I'm sure he's got a lot of lies ready to go about Nick Nelson's performance, about his offense, his performance, about his defensive alignment. And I have to bring it up again. If you go back to the end of the season press conference from Brian Cashman last October when the team lost in the playoffs, he said the lineup card is Aaron Boone's. He said it was this way under Joe Torre, it was this way for Joe Girardi, it will be this way for Aaron Boone, it will be this way as long as Brian Cashman is general manager of the New York Yankees. So this lineup that you see, this defensive alignment you see, moving the Gold Glove winning second baseman, DJ LeMahieu, off of second base to put him at first base because the team doesn't have a first baseman, and then putting Rugnet Odor at second, who flat out sucks at baseball so much that the Texas Rangers are willing to pay him $27 million to not play for them. And then you move everyone around just because you don't have the personnel to cover. Because the only other first base option is Jay Bruce, who can't scoop a fucking ball thrown to him, who's an outfielder by trade, who's barely hanging on to his major league career. At any moment, he could be released by the Yankees, and that's it. He's not getting another job in baseball. I mean, or unless some other team is just as fucking dumb as the Yankees to give him a shot. But really, I don't think any team is as dumb as the Yankees because right now the Texas Rangers gave up on Rugnet Odor. The Texas Rangers, who are expected to be arguably the worst team in the American League this season, playing their first season in their new stadium, and they're like, we don't want to, we don't want Rugnet Odor on our team. We'd rather pay him $27 million to go away than to have him waste a roster spot, a lineup spot, a position on this team at 27 years old. That's that's what the Texas Rangers are willing to do. And the Yankees, because he's free, are willing to play him. And that's what you get now, a 5-8 and eight record, three games under 500. they They're losing 8-2 to two right now uh, in the bottom of the ninth with no outs, so it'll probably end up 8-2. to two. They got three hits, one hit by Michael Walker, who I've strongly disliked since his 2013 World Series no-show when he just fucking laid down for the Red Sox and let them beat the shit out of him to, in, uh, in route to another championship. Michael Walker, not Tyler Glasnow. No, not Tyler Glasnow. This isn't the this isn't the Rays uh, top tier starters openers. No one. It's Michael Walker, who was so bad the Mets were like fucking. We're not having you back. After the Cardinals were like, get the fuck out of town, and now he's a Ray and he's dominating the Yankees in Yankee Stadium a day after an off day, and it looks like that that day off for DJ LeMahieu didn't do him much good as he went over on the night. And John Carlos Stanton, the fucking loser that he is, hits a two-run home run when the team is down eight to nothing. Can you hit a home run any other time, John Carlo? So of course John Carlos Stanton hits a home run, his second of the season, with the team down eight to nothing. Of course he does. And the Yankees lose again, and they have a bunch of offers up and down the lineup. And Aaron Boone finally made some smart lineup decisions. He moved Aaron Hicks out of the three hole to sixth. He moved Rudnando Dora to the nine hole. And while it looks smart, all it does is contradict everything he stood for, everything he said. He said in spring training, Aaron Hicks would be the three-hitter. Then when Aaron Hicks proved that he sucks, which he does, I mean, outside of a couple months here and there in nine years of Major League Baseball, then he gets moved out of the three-hole. But Aaron Boone recently just said when he was asked about moving Hicks out of the three-hole, oh, it's early. Oh, it's a small sample size. Oh, baseball's a game of failure. Oh, it's only April. He had every excuse, and now all of a sudden, Aaron Hicks is no good for the three-hole. So which is it? 
Is it that he's not good enough for the three hole? Or is it that you lied about your narrative cliches? I don't know what to do anymore when it comes to this team. They're not fun to watch. They're not. They're, they're, they're unlikable. There's so many issues on this team, whether it's the actual roster construction, the fact that ownership cheapened out. They can't hit. They can't pitch. They don't play defense. They are playing people out of position in the infield because they don't have the personnel to cover for real positions at the major league level. It's honestly sad. It's it's disgusting. It, they're 5-8. and eight. They're three games under 500. This is not good and i and i like i've said don't say it's early don't say it's only april this is not only april for this team it's it's three years of this team even more you could even make the case that it's four and five years of this team at least the core of it so i don't know where they go from here i I, like they had an off day and anyone who thought oh they're going home they'll figure it out against the rays they do better against the rays at home than the trap no they don't they were down to nothing in the blink of an eye tonight They let Nick Nelson open a game against the Rays, a huge game, a head-to-head game against their direct competition to win the division. They had Nick Nelson open it. The 13th game of the season, they don't have a fucking starting pitcher for the 13th game of the season. Not the dog days of summer, not late August or early September when you're trying to rest guys because they're, they're fatigued, they've played baseball for four and a half, five and a half months. No. The season started two weeks ago yesterday, and they don't have a starting pitcher. And Davey Garcia was unavailable because they had him throw at the alternate site this week. You knew that this game on Friday was coming. You knew you were going to need a starting pitcher. How is he throwing beforehand so that he's unavailable for this game so that Nick Nelson, who sucks, he was great in his Major League debut last year, then he sucked. He was great in his 2021 debut, and now he sucked. How is he the option? How are you the New York Yankees and you have one starting pitcher? A lineup that can't make contact. A bullpen that can never protect the lead because they never are given a lead to protect. It just makes no sense. This team is not good. They're not good. For And, you know, I don't know that they're going to turn it around. I really don't. Because you can make the case eventually the lineup will hit. Maybe they won't. Maybe they just won't. And you could certainly make the case that the starting pitching will never be good because it's just not good. You don't just have four guys in your rotation suddenly become reliable. Maybe one or two. Maybe like Jordan Montgomery can become more consistent and Jamison Tyone can start giving them length. But if you think that's going to happen and Corey Kluber is going to regain his form... And when they get scumbag Herman back up, he'll do anything other than give up a run and inning. There's nothing positive about this team right now. Nothing at all. No one's playing well except for Garrett Cole. So every five days, there's something to feel good about with the Yankees. And the time in between is miserable and disappointing and disgusting. And then you have to listen to the fucking manager after the game every night make up lies about his team's performance. Talk about how the pitcher who just fucking got rocked had great stuff or how it was just a couple home runs or just a few bad breaks that ended up in the fucking gaps rolling to the wall. It's always something. It's never, we weren't good enough, we lost this. It's always, there's a reason why. And I don't know how you make up. I can't, I don't, I don't know what he's going to say after this game. 
You got one hit by Michael Walker. You got three. You got three hits in the game, and you scored fucking two runs on a garbage time home run from John Carlos Stanton, the king of garbage time. Your opener stunk. Luis Sessa stunk. Licky stunk. What are you gonna say that's positive? I really don't know what he's gonna say. I really don't. And I'm not gonna sit around and wait for it tonight. That's for damn sure. So I feel bad for those who attended this game who have to go through everything you have to go through to attend a Major League Baseball game in 2021, and then you sit there and you get this type of performance from the team you just took your time and your money to go see. That's sad. Or the people who stuck with this game on TV. What the fuck are you doing? There's got to be something else you could watch. But Kevin Weiss, host of Locked On Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays podcast, uh, joined me to talk about the Rays and uh, the first series between the Yankees and sort of where the Rays are right now. And Rays fans aren't really confident about their team right now. But, hey, if you're a Rays fan right now, you got to be feeling a lot better than Yankees fans. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays as the Yankees play them for the second time this season is Kevin Weiss, the host of Locked On Rays podcast. Kevin, how's it going today? Doing well, uh, outside of the fact that uh, the Rays lost 3 of 4 to the Texas Rangers at home. I quite frankly did not see that coming, but <laughs> it is still very early on in the season. A lot of baseball to be played left. And uh, the Rays also started pretty slow last season, and we saw what happened with the run they made of going 40 and 20 in the regular season and making it all the way to Game 6 of the World Series. So not, I don't think anybody, if you're a Rays fan, should be panicking yet at all right now. Yeah, that's an optimistic outlook, and I think the Yankees are in the same spot as the Rays, except here uh, up in New York, no one is thinking, uh, no one has that mindset that things are okay and the team starts slow. It seems like everyone's panicking up here, and it's it's odd because if you look at the early season, the Yankees aren't doing well, the Rays aren't doing well, the Blue Jays uh, keep losing when they don't play the Yankees. So all the fan bases are saying, oh, it's early, it's early, but not all of these teams are going to turn it around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, let's be honest. I don't think the Orioles are going to turn it around anytime <laughs> soon. And you you hear about the Blue Jays. I mean, look, I know the Rays have had their injury troubles as well, but the Blue Jays, it seems like every other couple of days I'm hearing about this guy, that guy, the other guy is going to the injury list. So that's not a good sign. If uh, I, I know, I mean, just from my fantasy team, I know Teoscar Hernandez has been, has been out for an extended period of time. Nate Pearson, and now I think, Jordan Romano and Julian Merriweather, just a lot of guys that are going down for them. So, look, I know the, the old cliche is you can't uh, you can't win the division in April, but you can certainly lose it. But I don't think it's gotten to the point where, you know, if somebody was, you know, 1-12 right now or 2-10, or then that would be extremely, extremely concerning. But I think everybody's sort of in the same bunch. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, though, by what the Red Sox are doing, continuing. I mean, I think they went on a, a non-game winning streak before – finally losing so maybe maybe former uh rays uh gm heim bloom knows something that we don't know with the staff and, and the team that he's built there but uh again i i think you know when it's all said and done you're going to see uh it's going to be a fight between the yankees and the rays and the blue jays and and you know the rays are kind of in an interesting spot right now because some of the veteran signings the veteran pitching signings that they've made uh sort of been ho-hum as of right now. Chris Archer, Michael Walker, Rich Hill, uh, and then we see some of the talent brewing that, uh, you know, in the, at the alternate site and uh, guys that we've been talking about as prospects, Josh Fleming, Brent Honeywell. We, You know, there, there could be a changing of the guard this year, maybe sooner rather than later. 
the plan was to maybe call up some of those highly touted prospects maybe later on in, in May or June after the All-Star break. But um, if, if the injuries and ineffectiveness continue, it might be something where the Rays have to just say, you know what, we're going to take our chances, we're going to take our bumps, let's give a shot to all these young guns that have extreme immense talent. And, yeah, there's going to be some growing pains, but we could win a lot of games with some of these arms that we have too. You talk about the the lack of uh, quality starting pitching in the Rays rotation, and I think that's all clearly the case with the Yankees as well as they decided to uh, be cheap this offseason and try to find Reclamation Project and Corey Kluber, hope that Jamison Tyone can stay healthy, hope that Jordan Montgomery takes that next step. A lot of hope, a, a lot of gambling, a lot of risk on their uh, behalf, and so far it hasn't worked out. And when you look at the rotation across the three teams that are expected to compete in the division between the Yankees and the Rays and the Blue Jays, the Yankees have Cole, the Rays of Glass now, the Blue Jays have Ryu, and then after that, it's it's pretty much a mess for all three teams, so I guess it's whichever Tier 2 starters uh, among those three teams performs the best might be the one that actually wins the division. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it, Neil, and it's funny because the Rays were in for a time on Corey Kluber. They couldn't meet his asking price. Same thing with Jameson Tyon. They wanted to try to get him. I think they also tried to make a play at Joe Musgrove. That would have been nice uh, looking back yeah. on it now, but, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, Glass now, I mean, he is he has been amazing, amazing this year. He is, I mean, I think he might be, him and Corbin Burns have been the best starting pitchers in all of baseball. I mean, Glass now looks like, uh, again, still only three starts, long way to go. He has yet to stay healthy for an entire season or throw more than 111 innings in a season. But if he continues to pitch like he's pitched, I mean, we could be talking Cy Young here. Problem is, um, I believe two out of the three starts that he's had, the Rays haven't really done much offensively. So it, it really is a stinker to waste like a six, seven inning, two hit gem uh, from him and, and not really have anything offensively to show for it or, or have to scratch and claw to win a game like that, 1-0 or 2-1 or whatever it may be. And then after that, like, look, I'm, a, I'm as big of a fan as Ryan Yarbrough is the next guy. I think he's underrated because – he doesn't throw very hard, and he makes his pitches well both sides of the plate. He's got four or five different offerings, and his his idea is weak contact, keeping hitters off balance. But um, he really shouldn't be a number two. I, I think the elevation of the role from really, let's be honest, on, on a good staff, he'd be a number four, number five. And that's sort of what he was, you know, in his history with the Rays. And, and maybe not even that at times. He would maybe use more as a, a bolt guy or coming in after an opener. But – now they, they have him in this very, very high role that, you know, you're, you're sort of in a way replacing Charlie Morton and Blake Snell, and that's a lot of pressure, and he has been hit around uh, his last two starts. I think six earned runs in his last two starts of heat. So, um, and he just, it, it looks like he's throwing batting practice out there. Like his, his cutter and off-speed offerings, like the guys are just hitting it, line drive baseball or they're hitting it out of the park. So, and after that, again, we, we go back to Waka Hill, Archer, who's on the injured list. Uh, they also signed Colin McHugh. He's more of a bulk guy. And it's like it, it doesn't leave a lot to be desired there, And especially if your offense isn't picking it up. If, if your offense is only scoring two or three runs a game, and that's kind of been the problem. It's sort of really the only, I guess, bright spot that we've seen from the Rays as of late is defensively on the whole. Of course, everybody's going to make mistakes, but we've seen some really good plays where some of these games that they've lost to the Rangers, they, they could have been even more egregious losses if not for you know a good 
relay throw or a good catch or a good double play turn or something to that end. So, and, and that's where I say that, you know, they brought up Brent Honeywell in the Yankees uh, series, and he looked really, really good. And I know yeah. they're trying to stretch him out at the alternate site, but it might be something sooner rather than later. You've got to try to use him as a bulk guy or throw him into the rotation. Josh Fleming, he started on Wednesday night, I believe, and he threw five really good innings. He was really, really good last year in whichever role you put him in. You need to keep him at the big league club instead of trying to make it seem like Trevor Richards is going to get the job done or, or Chris Mazza or, or one of these other guys because that is the other problem, Neil, is, is the bullpen. I mean, we, we I mean, the, the, the Rays have been so uh, – praise for how great their bullpen is and it has not been good this year and it's not you know totally their fault i mean they've got pete fairbanks on the injured list they've got nick anderson on the injured list they have Chaz Rowe on the injured list um but more specifically i mean your your closer and in your your eighth seventh inning guy that those are two big guys who were huge for you last year and the year before that um and you're you're having to step up roles there and and that's a problem so Really, all, all the way around, I mean, it's, it's not looking good. I guess if there's a way to kind of string a positive out of that if you're a Rays fan, because there is, I mean, fans are going to overreact after a bad at bat, uh, a bad pitch, a bad play, whatever it may be, and they're going to call a guy terrible and say, you know, he shouldn't be on the team anymore. And it's really unfortunate because um, you, you have to let guys, you, you have to let the season breathe a little bit. It's 162 here. It's not a, it's not a football season. But, um, you know, they're they're playing poorly, so they're but they're playing poorly in offensively and pitching wise. Defense has been okay, but uh, they're, they're still kind of around the 500 ish uh, ballpark area. It's not like they're they've totally imploded, which I think is a good sign. Where you you would expect some, I guess, progression to the mean where um, the pitching can only improve, the hitting can only improve. I mean, the, the hitting. Um, I know that's never been the strong suit for the Rays, but it's one of those things where you're, you're basically returning everybody from last year's lineup, and that lineup was pretty good offensively, yeah. and you expect that to continue somewhat, um, especially if you know a guy like Austin Meadows bounces back and, uh, and, and Kevin Kiermeyer and some of these other guys. He's also on the injured list, by the way. But, um, you know, that's the other thing is a lot of injuries. But I think that once they once they play up to their potential is what I'm trying to say is that you'll you'll I, I think you'll see them flip the corner and flip the switch relatively quickly. Yeah, and what's crazy about the Rays, I mean, they've owned the Yankees now, going back to even the Joe Girardi era, um, especially at Tropicana Field. Thankfully, this series this weekend is at Yankee Stadium, which gives the Yankees a little better chance. But going back to the first series of the season, the Yankees missed Tyler Glass now, and they still lost two out of three. They, they nearly got swept, deserved to get swept because of how badly they played on that Sunday game, how many chances they blew on that Sunday game. Um, so they missed Glass now. They still lose two out of three. Kevin Kiermeyer wasn't in the lineup. G-Man Choi's not in the lineup. Two guys they absolutely crushed the Yankees. Randy Rosarena was in the lineup, and he crushes the Yankees and continue to do so. Um, it just seems like these last few years, the Rays are like the perfect recipe to beat the Yankees. They have guys who, you know, when there's people on base, they do get that timely hit, whether it's Mike Zanino or, like I said, Kiermaier, Choi, Yandy Diaz, uh, Willie Adamas. They always have that guy that just screws the Yankees with two outs in an inning in second and third, um, and it's just it's fearful. And, and when the Yankees play the Rays, it's not like the old days where you're like, okay, this is at least two wins this weekend. Uh, it's certainly not like that anymore. Yeah, it's funny, and, and I totally forgot. Yeah, G-Man Choi's kind of the, the Garrett Cole killer there. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, I think the Rays, I mean, for one, they are, I think, pretty, pretty amped about this upcoming series. I mean, there is no mistake that there is some bad blood here and that tensions have definitely arisen. And I think, you know, Kevin Cash and that, that franchise, they're, they're pretty good at, at motivating themselves and, and finding ways to win. And, and that's kind of been the calling card for the Rays is, is getting that, that timely clutch hit and winning games at the margin. I mean, that's basically what they what they've done to make the playoffs and, and did all of last year because, uh, you know, I know part of baseball is locking everything, and, and that's what it seemed like at times because it was like, how how does in this scenario Mike Brasso come out with this hit? How does, how does Brett Phillips do what he does? So there's a lot of, you know, just quirky things that happen where a good break that they make, I mean, they can make the breaks themselves. They, they can make success on their own, but they're just, they're, they're grinders, and, and I think it, it all goes back to, you know, there there is that, I guess, idea of, you know, little brother syndrome and, and wanting to beat the, the, the Goliath Yankees, and, and there's definitely a chip on their shoulder for sure, and, and a chip on, on players' shoulders and, and motivation to to want to beat a team where you've got guys that, I mean, you, you had two guys, two, uh, the salary of, of Garrett Cole and John Carlos Steen, and that's more than the entire Rays team is making. That, that's what they're up against there. And I think some of it goes back to, you know, the Rays are willing to do the little things. Like a guy is not, um, he's not bashful about laying down a bunt if he needs to or, or do whatever, you know, sacrifice fly, whatever it may be. And, you know, I, I think it goes back to the fact that the Rays don't have a lot of, not saying the Yankees do, but a lot of, a lot of teams that have highly paid stars and superstars, they, the, the Rays don't have prima donnas. And, and I think that's an important thing as far as um, playing within the framework and course of a team and doing, playing your role and doing what's asked of you and doing that to the best of your ability. And I think that's, that's pretty critical of them too. And the other thing has been, you know, winning some of these close games against the Yankees in the past and, uh, and everything is like once you hit the – if the Rays had a lead – in the sixth or seventh inning, you know they were going to win that game because the strong bullpen was going to be able to close it out. The problem is that the bullpen has been pretty much a mess this year. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we've already seen a couple games this year where the Rays had an opportunity and should have closed the door and should have won a game. And then they, they find a, uh, a way to screw it up and, and blow the lead and, and lose the next ratings or whatever it may be. So uh, something tells me it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season uh, series, and it's not going to be – I, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be the the, the Rays. I don't think are going to roll in there and take <laughs> three out of three just like that. I think it could be a battle all three games for sure. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk about the Rays. Um, like you said, long season, a lot of time left, a lot of games between these two teams left. So uh, we'll check in again during the season. Uh, maybe both teams will have picked it up by then. But thanks again for coming on. Of course, anytime. Appreciate it. All right, thanks again to Kevin for taking the time to come on and talk about the Rays and uh, two more games this weekend, and the Yankees have to win both to win a series. The only series they've won this year so far was at home against the lowly Orioles. They're now 1-3 against the Rays, 2-4 against the Blue Jays. They've got Cleveland coming to town next week. And I said before this, this run started, this 11-game run against Tampa, Toronto, Tampa, and Atlanta, it's a huge 11 games. And so far, they're two and five. <laughs> oh my god! If I said yeah, they'll go six and five, I'd say okay, that's like okay, you know, 
You'd take it, but you wouldn't be happy. Now they have to run the table the last four to go six and five. The Yankees suck. They really do. And uh, <laughs> I hope they turn it around soon because if they don't, it's going to be one miserable spring into summer and no fall. That'll do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow after the second game of the series. Thanks for listening.